Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the esteemed and optimistic Matthew Henry. Say hello, Matthew. That's right, baby. Optimism is back. That's what happens when you win five in a row, Ben. (laughs) Against really bad teams. But that's good because it means maybe we're better than those five teams. That's right. Maybe you're not a really bad team. Maybe you're merely mediocre. But when you compare <laughs> mediocre to 107 wins, it still feels like, you know, the sky has fallen. Because basically, it has. It, okay, but three playoff spots means that mediocre teams are going to make the playoffs, Ben. So I'm okay with oh, that. Oh, there it is. There it is. That's why I called you the optimist. Hey, I got a question for you. Okay. Jeans or corduroys? Oh, jeans all day long. Because you know why? Qu- why? Corduroys are too noisy. Are for... <laughs> And you walk, you, they, they rub together on the thighs, and then you just you hear this like 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 vibrating noises coming from the Where uh, are you sneaking around? <laughs> like what, why where why do you need to be stealthy? What are you doing? You don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, my, on my, behalf of that, our that, listeners. That YMCA job is just a front, man. I I, I need to be quiet at all times. Uh huh. Cat burglar? I'm 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 not going to deny that or government 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 spook. Maybe foreign government spook. Matthew, are you or are you not a spy for the Canadian government? <laughs> yes, moonlighting as a Giants fan. Yes, I knew it. I knew it. You always had Canadian vibes about you. You're always wanting to be nice to everybody. So optimistic. Oh, don't you know? And you're like, yeah, healthcare is free. <laughs> it's cold because it's not. It's not. It's not at all. It's not. It's, it's super expensive. Oh, the only thing I came to the United States though because we have better whiskey than the Canadians. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, wow. You know what? That them's fighting words, but it's not wrong. It's not. It's wrong. not wrong. It, and and but it's Canadians don't even have. There's no. There's no uh, rules around their whiskey, right? So they can they can add additives. They can do stuff that. Yeah, you know, like you know, it, so I, yeah, I, I'm going to argue but, that the United States has better whiskey than the Canadians. But they wouldn't <laughs> see. That's the thing. They're Canadians, so they wouldn't do that. They're too polite. Americans. Totally would do that. <laughs> that's why we have to have the rules. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Because we know us. <laughs> we will. We will, and have literally give you a bottle full of menthol, uh, and uh, and call it uh, call it whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> after we made it in our bathtub. But anyway, folks, today is Wednesday, August 17th, as we record this podcast. The San Francisco Giants have pushed themselves off of the mat, wiped the bloody nose, wiped their bloody noses off their old, decrepit faces, and have gone 5-0, in the last five games since we last spoke, hitting not one, but two walk-off home runs. One of those on a way to the sweep of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And one of those just yesterday, on uh, on Tuesday, when Brandon Crawford uh, and, uh, and Tyro Estrada picked us up off the mat with, uh, with uh, two outs and two strikes. And uh, let's see, that brings their record, overall record, to 59 and 57. And suddenly, suddenly they're five games out of the last wild card spot. And uh, you know what? I, I, I made a promise last week that, that we were not going to talk about the playoffs uh, at all anymore because I'm a pessimist. But Matthew twisted my arm. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit later. A little bit later, but Matthew, the first thing I wanna I wanna say is, um, well, I, I wanna ask I wanna ask Bob a question if we can. Oh, Bob, yeah. by all means, yeah. Bob, what do the Padres do? 
The Padres are gonna Padre. <laughs> or maybe Fernando is gonna Fernando. I, I I don't know. Like, can you imagine being a Padre fan right now, Matthew? You you just got Juan Soto. You super psyched that Tatis is like days away. He's days away from coming back, Matthew. But he's got a secret. <laughs> a secret that he's been holding on to since April. He's got the ringworm. No, that's not it. He used steroids. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> you, you know you know what's funny about that is I I lived in San Diego for ten years. Mm-hmm. And I wanna say it was two thousand and three, maybe two thousand two. I can't remember. But I was at a game, a Giants game, Giants-Padres game, where a San Diego fan threw a syringe onto the field at Barry Bonds. <laughs> and, of course, it, just... it became news and all that, you know, and Bonds actually picked mm-hmm. it up and actually disposed of it. It didn't have a needle on it. It was just the, the syringe mm-hmm. part. But, but right. uh, you know, and so... I, I and I having lived there, I and and expressed my giant fandom. I know that Padres fans were always quick to point out, you know, Barry Bonds who never tested positive for steroids, and steroids, <laughs> and it wasn't necessarily illegal for him to do so. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah. So I'm 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 a little I'm a little laughing at the the what is it Schadenfreude? Is that what they call it? Sch- Schadenfreude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just I mean, laughing at that a little bit. All those and and the funny thing is that back then, you know, the, the Giants would just destroy the Padres at pretty much every game and. And so I had that going for me and they were, so they were a little more humble back then. Uh, they have yeah. gotten a little bit more uh, chest bumping a little bit over the last couple of years. And even though they haven't won anything. And uh, so this one was kind of sweet. I'm, you know, I'm glad that the Padres are going to Padre. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous the way, you know, the, the Padres have to bake the playoffs and probably win a playoff series before you can legitimately call them past their padriness. Um, the you know first of all that just shows you how dumb padre fans are. The cream and the clear were topical. Everybody knows that. <laughs> okay, right. you didn't need a syringe. Yeah, but okay. them throwing like a, a a tub of cream out on there probably not the same <laughs> effect. So I, I give the guy props for his creativity. Okay, well, sure, sure, (laughs) whatever. All I can say is what goes around comes around. And um, and, and, and the first thing I want to say is ringworm is actually just athlete's foot, but on a different part of your body. It's not actually a worm. Oh, that's good to know. Which, I was picturing something yeah. really, really grotesque. Uh, grotesque, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, it's just athlete's foot. But it reminds me, I saw a really wonderful meme that somebody had created. Remember last year, Machado got really upset with Tatis because Tatis was, I don't know, showboating or something. something. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was, he was. A, they were losing, and he did something bad, and and he got really upset. And you know, meanwhile, the Padres were trying to mount a comeback, and it was like Tatis was being like totally blind to that. And Machado came over and yelled at him and said, "It's not about you." That's right. You know? Yep, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, instead, they put on the meme. They said, uh, "They said you can buy Lotrimin for ten dollars at the Walgreens." <laughs> Because that is the proper way to treat ringworm. It's just a nice tube of Lotrimin. Doesn't have any, you know, but, but, I, but I, you know, I mean, I, I'm a pessimist. I, I think his line about trying to treat ringworm is a lie. I think he's trying to come back from injury. Um, that's my opinion. Like, I don't have a, I don't know that for a fact. I don't know that I believe the line he's giving everybody, you know. Um, but. But whatever it is, he, he clearly has been... That guy is weird. Like, what is he doing? Like, he needs to hire a babysitter for himself. You know, he just needs to hire somebody who's just going to say no to him all the time. Or, like, whenever he gets hurt, they're going to be like, mm, maybe you should go to the doctor. Well, you know, you know? I, I, I think this one incident, it's it's too late for any of that. I, I think uh, the Padres have a very narrow window to win the World Series. Uh, they're not going to pay Soto. Uh, oh, really? Uh, you think Soto is going to be a free agent? I think I think they will. If they do not win the World Series 
in this year or next year that at the deadline of his 2024, he, they will trade Soto to get back some of their, their draft capital. Wow. I'm wow. calling that right now. And I think that uh, with, with that said, I think that, you know, uh, Tatis uh, may not They've be already paid him. Yeah. Well, and the, the interesting about that, because I was wondering, like, you know, I grew up, I mean, not grew up, I spent 10 years in San Diego. I know that they're not a large market team and they've got a crappy TV, um, TV contract. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was wondering, like, how they were going to how they were going to afford all these players. Well, it turns out that Tatis's uh, a contract is backloaded. So this oh. year he's only making like seven million. Next year I think he's making like you know nine or something like that, and then it jumps up to like thirty, right? Yeah. And so so I don't think they're going to be able to pay Machado, Tatis, and Soto. I think they're all in now, uh, and right. Tatis has now just shortened that you know window. And 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 to to further the point around Tatis, it's like I don't know if he finishes the contract as a Padre. I think maybe they after their window closes, they they try and get rid of him too, and it might be harder with that contract, especially if he's not if he's not performing. Uh, and then furthermore, I mean, this is a guy conceivably he's not there yet, but could be a Hall of Fame type player. And I think that that's now out the window too. Like I I don't unless you know writers and all that all of a sudden become more okay with the whole steroid thing. I think they've made it pretty clear that they don't like that in the Hall of Fame. And I think that he's kind of just set himself up to be a pariah for the rest of his career. I I agree. I think I think that's probably that that die has been cast. It seems to be like if you get suspended as a major league player, especially an all star, then then it's just because it it puts everything that you've done. Um, into doubt, you know, yeah. into doubt, yeah, and and so I I, I think that's probably true. Um, you know, I I think he's also kind of you know I don't know the man personally, but but all of these bad things that he's done really really indicate uh, a level of selfishness, right? He's an extremely selfish person. Like you know he like the way that he got hurt this year was riding on a, a motorcycle. But, you know, it, which, which you know, Giants fans know all about that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> That's Jeff Kent, Jeff, right? Jeff, Jeff Kent broke his wrist doing the same thing. Madison Bumgarner likes to moonlight as a, as a rodeo uh, pro. You mean Mason Sanders? Yeah, exactly. Mason Sanders. Sorry. Um, little known Giants pitcher Mason Sanders. Um, and so Giants fans know about that stuff. But, but the thing about Tatis is that he crashed his motorcycle in the offseason not once but twice. Injuring himself both times, probably injuring his wrist the first time and then making it worse. At least that's what some of the evidence indicates. And then he didn't report that injury. Now, granted, the lockout was going on, so he couldn't contact the team. But, you know, like here's a guy who makes his living swinging a baseball bat. You would think the first time you injure your wrist, you would go get it taken care of and then take care of it. Maybe he did, and maybe the way he was trying to take care of it was by, you know, getting a little help from the pharmacology, you know, department. department. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, but maybe not. I don't know. But the point is, he didn't report that injury, and he didn't handle it in the right way. He kept it a secret when he shouldn't have, because he was off doing these things that he was enjoying, and what? Maybe he didn't want to get caught? Maybe he didn't want to deal with the consequences? And if the story around Ringworm is true then, you know, there's very simple and sane ways to deal with that as well. Go to a doctor and get it dealt with. And, uh, you know, go to a doctor that you know and knows who you are and knows what the score is, knows that you have to be very careful about what you put in your body and on your body. And uh, those are all really easy things to do that most human beings could handle and certainly most Major League Baseball players can handle because they do it day in and day out. And this guy just really strikes me as a very, very selfish person, like towards his own organization, towards his own teammates, uh, and definitely towards the fans. So, I mean, yeah, like Padres are going to Padre, and I think in the long run, if he stays a Padre, then that's going to keep being true. But hey, here's the good news, Matthew. If they make the playoffs and they have a deep run into the playoffs, each and every one of those games counts towards his suspension. So you know he's still rooting for them. Interesting. I didn't realize that. Huh. <laughs> All right. Well, <sighs> I uh, Bob's going to ask you a question because I hear you got some splaining to yeah. do. So yeah, fan- I do, I do, I do. But, but fans don't don't do steroids. Do you, alcohol. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And on that note, what are you drinking, Ben? 
Well, thank you for asking, Bob. It's it's very kind of you. Um, so last week, I made a promise that I was going to be drinking a certain kind of thing, and I have to admit that I am not drinking that today. Wait, I promised wait, 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 our wait 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 wait. Mm-hmm. No mossy mojito. There is no mossy mojito. I'm coming clean. I'm admitting that I made a mistake. I I am I am uh, you know as soon as I realized mis- my mistake, I I immediately began the steps to rectify it. Okay, but wait wait uh, wait because I remember I had a little issue with one of my drinks, and I think you told me that I had to just suck it up and do it anyway. And yeah, and- the, the you had to put uh, what was it? You had to put like grilled corn in yours. What was it? <laughs> It was uh, street, avocado. Mexican street corn? Yeah, avocado. Oh, it was avocado. And avocado. and you were all like, oh, you got to do it because I hadn't tried mm-hmm. it yet. And you were like, no, mm-hmm. you have to do it no matter what. And and now you're just flipping the rules all of a sudden? Yes. Just think of me as the Fernando Tatis of this uh, <laughs> Right. Of this Selfish. <laughs> Selfish. I get it. All right. It's all about you and not about our listeners what, hearing yeah. you choke down a mossy mojito. Yeah. Well, here's here's what I, I, I did make. I did. I did. Uh, I did uh, make. I'm, 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 I'm apologizing by actually bringing two cocktails today. Oh, two different, two different cocktails, not just my usual double. Right. So and, two and for yes. one now. This is uh, yes. okay. This is definitely going to benefit me more than it benefits our listeners. <laughs> but but here's what, so here okay. So what happened? So I went to Iceland a few weeks ago. You know, all of our listeners know that the whole world knows that. Yeah, all I mean, two of them. Because, yeah, yeah, because of the show. And uh, I, I brought back a bunch of different things from from Iceland. And one of the things that I brought back was this syrup called um, Icelandic moss syrup. And I thought, oh, that'll be really fun to experiment with in a cocktail. You know, that's why I bought it. I brought it back. And then I, during the show, I remembered that I had it. And I said, hey, I'm just going to make a mossy mojito next week. You know, alliteration, all that. Yeah. Well, I learned an important lesson that I think would be good for our fans, our, our, our listeners to know about. I, I don't want to go out. I don't want to call them fans. No. No, yeah. we can't call them fans. Well, whenever I, you know what, whenever, Except let's mom. just agree. Mom's whenever, our number one fan. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. Thank, thanks. Thanks, thanks mom. mom. But but whenever we refer to a fan, we should just just mean that we mean Giants fans. Yes, fellow Giants fans. That's right. Yeah. So so anyway, I I I made a I made a mistake in that I hadn't tasted the syrup yet. I'd never tasted it. I just you know I don't know I don't know what I assumed, uh, but I went and tasted it and it just it was not going to work in a mojito. It was a very caramely deep flavor. It was, I mean, it's kind of a little bit a mild on the flavor side. It really wasn't that bad. And I would love to put this in some sort of hot toddy or maybe cream-based cocktail, but it just wasn't going to work in a mojito. So what did I do? I came back with two Icelandic mojitos, two Atlantic Island Ocean mojitos. I I want you to picture yourself, Matthew. You're on a black, pebbly, sandy beach. To your right are these high cliffs. To your left are these natural bridges. And right behind you are these like hexagonal basalt formations. It's like one of the most beautiful places you've ever seen on the planet. This wonderful beach. And the sun is shining. And yet somehow still there's this howling, cold, biting wind. It's like 57 degrees, but the wind chill factor makes it feel like it's 44 degrees and somehow spray is coming off the ocean and just hitting you in the face. What do you need? A mojito. You need a refreshing mojito. You do. And uh, and so that's what I made. I made two Icelandic mojitos. The first one is a rowan berry mojito using a rowan berry syrup, which is kind of a tart like uh, cranberry kind of flavor. Um, which does work quite well if you sweeten it up a bit and put it on meat, uh, put it on mint, not meat. And then the second mojito I'm using is a blueberry mojito uh, using Icelandic blueberry liqueur, which has has surfaced on the show in the past. And uh, here, let me take a tip of each, respectively. Mmm, tart, refreshing. The rowan berry and and lime play very nicely together, well balanced by the sweetness of the rowan berry syrup and the granulated sugar that I put in, and the blueberry. Oh, excuse me, I have a blueberry stuck in my straw. <laughs> Folks, the, the the solution there is to gently blow, 
just until a little bubble comes up out of it, and then you... Mmm! That's the winner, because it's got two kinds of alcohol in it. Yeah. Um... I mean, anyway, I think this is all just a very good point that the mo- the mojito is a very good palate to build flavors on top of, um, as long as they're complementary to what you're doing, right? You're, you're creating a bright kind of fruity uh, cocktail that does well in an environment, an um, island environment, but preferably one where it's not 57 degrees. So m- more like Caribbean or, you know, more closer to the equator. Oh. Anyway, there you have it. I have the Rowanberry Mojito and the Icelandic Blueberry Mojito. All right. And uh, we'll put those recipes up on Twitter and Instagram, at Giant Cocktails. And I assume you took photos of both of them? I did. I will, I'll send them to you now. Oh, all right. Uh, just as an aside, you know, the game is going on right now. And the Diamondbacks called up uh, a guy named Stone Garrett today. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make his major league debut, and of course his uh, second at bat, I think he gets a RBI double to drive in the only run so far of the of the game for the Diamondbacks. And then mm-hmm. in his third at bat, he gets on base via catcher's interference. And I'm just kind of sitting there wondering how many in their very first major league game got on base via catcher's interference. Now, it would have been even more interesting if that had been his first ever being on base. Uh, but uh, yeah, he How does, often does that happen? Yeah, that would have been very rare. He doesn't get an official at bat for that, so that's kind of interesting. Ooh, that's like Moonlight Grammish kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> is Austin Wins catching tonight? He is, yes. Bruh, keep your glove away from the bats! Yeah, yeah, that seems to be a trend with him. He likes to reach for the ball. Mm, mm-mm-mm. All right. Well, Bob, hit me up. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, I I've, I have been testing a lot of different cocktails lately with different liqueurs and things, and so I had I had some different ones in mind. And then last night, I came across a cocktail called the Sweet Taste of Victory, and I'm thinking to myself, there may not be any more chances for me to like roll this one out. I mean, and we were five and zero oh on the week, and Ouch! <laughs> and so, so I'm like, I'm I'm rolling with it, okay. And so this cocktail has two ounces of bourbon, three quarter ounces of Chambord, raspberry syrup, uh, or liqueur rather, half an ounce of vanilla syrup. And I'll be honest, I didn't have vanilla syrup, so I did half an ounce of simple syrup, and I threw in like a teaspoon of vanilla extract. And I actually make my own bourbon vanilla extract at home, so I uh, this actually complemented it very nicely. Two dashes of Peychaud's bitters, and then some brandied cherries for garnish. And so you shake all those uh, up in a cocktail shaker and strain it into uh, a coupe glass, and it's got this pinkish flavor, or color rather, uh, very balanced. Um, uh, You know, I actually, honestly, it's funny, I made it last night for the first time, and it wasn't until today when I was making it again that I realized that I accidentally put rye in it last time instead of bourbon. Uh, And like, like I thought, I thought that it was just rye, and I have the Elijah Craig rye, and I have Elijah Craig bourbon, and they both have exactly the same bottles, and I am certain that I used rye last time, and I gotta say, I think I kind of might like the rye a little bit better. It's got a bite to it that this one is a little bit more kind of smooth, but with the bourbon, but I liked the bite of the rye, so... You could go. You could go either way. I think with this one, the rest, original recipe calls for bourbon, but you know, hey, if you're like me and just you know happen to put rye in it, I don't think you're going wrong there either. Uh, so, at sweet taste of victory, the Giants are you know winning. So I am toasting the Giants with that special cocktail tonight. Cheers, Ben. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. Yes, it is, Bob. It's a tasty cocktail. That does sound tasty. I I love the ability to switch between rye and bourbon. I mean, it really is just a, a great kind of thing to. They're almost interchangeable in most cocktails. Um, but yeah, that really is. It's, it's it's about bite and smoothness, right? Yeah, yeah. Typically, typically your your bourbon is going to have a little bit more rounder of a flavor, and your bur- your rye is going to have a little bit of a bite to it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some other deeper profiles that come out of the the bourbon, et cetera, et cetera, blah blah blah. But that's really the basics of it, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Bite, bite versus like a sharp kind of bite versus a round, smoother kind of flavor. And it's funny because um, I actually last night when I was drinking it, I actually took a big a big 
pool on my first drink and actually kind of like almost choked on it a little bit because I wasn't anticipating the spice. Uh, and then I had to kind of sip it the rest of the way, but I still didn't put it together that there was rye in there. Like I was just like, oh, this is kind of a spicier cocktail. I didn't, I, I should have figured that out until, uh, yeah, but tonight is, I realized, all right, it was rye, uh, but go ahead. So you, you put it all together. Yes. Yes. For the sweet taste of victory. And, and you know who else is having sweet tastes of victory? And kind of starting to put it all together, ish. The Giants, the San Francisco Giants. I totally agree. Yeah, I. Yeah, today we were we were going back and forth about you know on text, uh, and I was, you know, googling or actually was on Fangraphs looking at our at our starting lineup and looking at since August first, how are our starters faring uh, on offense. And I was, I mean, talk, you know, I'm the optimist and, and I was like, gosh, if we keep this up, we might actually be able to pull this thing off because, you know, we had guys like, I mean, there are guys like, uh, well, Lamont Wade Jr. who hit another home run tonight, uh, prior to today was hitting two, two It's not a great batting average, but a weighted runs created plus of two Oh three since August 1st. And that's, that's twice that's hundred percent better than the average major leaguer. Uh, you know, then we have Estrada, who's on fire, one fifty-eight weighted runs created plus. Wilmer's on fire; he's batting three hundred four since August first. Bart is like in another universe. You know, uh, Longoria's even got a strong one. Jock has got one in his opportunities. Crawford is is doing well. Then you get to Belt and Yaz, and they are definitely the two that are struggling a little bit right now uh, with with weighted runs created plus in the seventies. But, uh, but overall, I think the team is starting to come together healthy. Got guys that are playing where they should be playing. Uh, it's exciting, man. It is very exciting. It's absolutely exciting. And, uh, you know, Hey, Lamont Wade jr. You know what I like about you? You're all about your late arrivals, right? (laughs) That's how you got the name late night Lamont. Now he's late season Lamont. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Late season Lamont Lamont. Hmm. I don't, I don't, I didn't like that so much. <laughs> uh, look, everybody knows that the reason why the Giants are not good this year is, is mainly because of the Brandons, Buster leaving us, and uh, and the bullpen falling apart. Uh, except for Camilo Duvall, right? We have a bullpen with one one good pitcher in it, and John Brebbia trying his best. God bless. Oh you, man, John. his arms ready to fall off. God <laughs> bless you, and you are mediocre. But you know what? Mediocre looks pretty good right now. And I, God bless you, man. You and Camilo Duvall, like at least Camilo's young. I don't know how you're doing it, bro. I yeah. don't. I don't. I, but, 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 you know, but Lamont, it's all about you, baby. I really think you're kind of like the fourth guy, right? I mean, and I don't really blame you. I blame your knee. I blame that pesky knee of yours. It just would not heal. Yeah. How many months did it take for that to like, he had to go to the IL twice and then it, you know, and that, that just had to ruin everything about his spring training, right? Like yeah, he was probably yeah. just perpetually worried about getting that knee healthy. But, but this is the real, I, I believe in Lamont Wade Jr. I think this is the real Lamont, Lamont Wade Jr. Yeah. This is it. And it's just like, we've just missed it. We've missed it for, for too much of the season, you know? And, um, and it really, it really forced us to do things that we didn't, you know, didn't want to do or, or put in players that, that weren't weren't as good weren't as good as our buddy late night Lamont yeah and and but, during that I actually didn't even mention JD Davis you know who's um and actually just in recent I'm mentioning that now is he just hit a home run so the Giants <laughs> are up two to one right now because uh JD Davis our our Darren Ruff replacement is I mean, hit a what, home run. what a great trade that has been honestly for both, for both teams I mean yeah the, the Mets got a great reliever they <laughs> <laughs> Darren Ruff pitching two scoreless innings. He's the first Mets uh, 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 Mets position, position player, player to ever ever to throw two consecutive um, scoreless innings. He faced seven batters, <laughs> which is just you know he was throwing strikes. 
He wasn't trying to Luis Gonzalez it. He and the nice just, thing is, he was hitting the bottom of the strike zone. Like he was, he was. Those he was little logs were hitting the bottom yeah. of the strike zone. That, you know, and, and guys were swinging. Yeah. They just weren't getting enough he, of it. He got it down, and he really did do them a favor. I mean, that that whole Easter. I, I don't want to go dive down that tangent, but that that race is getting really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Mets are really thinking about breaking the hearts of their fans again. Now the Mets are going to make the playoffs. It's it's no big deal, right? Like, but but I mean, the different. You want to win the division. And you do not want to get run down by the Braves. Nobody likes the Braves, right? No. Everybody hates the Braves, right? Yeah, their tomahawk chops and all that. Yeah. 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 Well, it's really their announcing team. What a (laughs) bunch of self-righteous, like, just, oh my gosh. Have you ever heard an announcing team that was more certain about their superiority? I know Mr. Buck in St. Louis, but he's a power unto himself. I'm really (laughs) talking about a whole unit and I really just like whenever I listen to teams, and I I know all thirty broadcast teams. I just I will avoid the Braves as much as I can, unless I'm watching MLB TV and it's a walk off situation against them. I will definitely listen to them announce <laughs> their own team losing. Ah, fraud and choid. That is the only reason to have MLB TV is to watch teams you hate lose and hear their announcers announce it. You heard it here first, folks. All right, all right. So, um, so we're I think winning. My two mojitos must be cutting. We're winning, I'm, right? We're winning, but yeah, I, I guess that can we make it with this? Can we make? I don't know, Matthew. Can we? Yes, yes, we can. And because that's why you're a baseball fan, right? Is he, we're not mailing it in with forty games, forty four games left to go, and only down by four and a half or whatever five you said, but that's only because we're halfway through the game. We're going to win this game tonight. We're going to be down to four and a half with 43 games left to go. We we can do this. And and the reason we're going to do this is because we got the Phillies, the Brewers, and the Padres ahead of us. Have you ever seen a group of a three that would more likely be losers than those three? Yeah, those are the, I mean, well, okay. I, I mean, the way you said that, yes. But I, I would say teams that are more likely to disappoint their yeah, fans okay, yes. in in a in a in a just in a total choke scenario. Because let's be clear, no. I mean, Brewers fans, Phillies fans, and Padres fans are all expecting their teams to to disappoint right. them, right? I mean, that's right, just right. I mean, so, yeah. So Diamondbacks always bad. Rockies always bad. In the National League, especially, yeah. Like no, those three teams. Those three teams are chokers. I mean, the Mets have a really good way of just disappointing their fans, but they typically do that from day one. <laughs> right? Like they have all these high expectations in the preseason and then the Mets just suck the whole season, right? So that's usually how the Mets do it. The, you know, obviously the Rockies, I mean, they're never going to be good. I don't think the Rockies fans really care though. You know, like they're all like we made it to the World Series one time. Yeah, I think they're good for the next 20 years. I think they I just I think they're good, you know, and they they help a team break their own curse, so they're probably good with it, you know. <laughs> Um, first state to legalize marijuana. There are weird people over there. So well, I think that there's that's probably a correlation, right? I mean, they don't that care because they're too they busy. Don't really care. Yeah, yeah, they're too busy right. smoking pot. You're right. But no, would if, would I rather be chasing three different teams? No, I wouldn't. I mean, there is a scenario where the Giants pass all three of these teams, and nobody, everybody would be in retrospect. You'd be like, mm, is this a surprise? And you'd be like, no, not really. Yeah. The Padres, Padre. The Phillies, Phillied, and the Brewers, Brewered. Yeah. You know. Um. So, so well, I but, do but think we they're... we actually play the the Brewers a couple times uh, before the season. We obviously play the Padres quite a few times. So there is a scenario mm-hmm. where you know the Giants you know do do overtake them. Well, so here's here's what I like about this situation. First of all, just in there's three teams ahead of them that are catchable, and and I think that it's very likely that one of these teams is not going to perform well down the stretch. I think just the laws of averages tell you that one of these teams is going to choke. The laws, so of, I think the laws of Padres, too. The laws of Padres, right. Right. The, the, the Padre law, right, is that one of these teams at least is going to Padre. It's probably going to be the Padres. Yeah. But one of these teams will Padre. And, and so the Giants, if they, the Giants continue to play well, I, I don't think they can be undefeated. They kind of need to be, but I don't think they have to be, or they're going to be. Obviously, they're not going to be undefeated. I think the Giants will pass one of these teams as long as they continue to play well, right? As they well, as long as they continue to play above 500 baseball, like let's say 60%, which is still a pretty good win percentage. I think that's where the Giants have to be. They have to be a 600 team from here on out. Um, I think they'll pass one of those teams for sure. 
And then, yeah, you, you add in the fact that, that, that it's the Phillies, Brewers, and Padres. I, I think the laws tell you that there is going to be an opportunity for another one of these teams. So you ask me, Matthew, do I think the Giants can do it? My answer is yes. Really? No. <laughs> okay, yeah, because I was like, where did Ben go? Because uh, no. I, I, no. I don't know where this guy is. No. Because, first of all, look, let's not get carried away with ourselves, right? We just beat the Pirates and the Diamondbacks five games in a row. It's it's not like we beat the Padres and Dodgers five games in a row, right? We just came out of a series where we lost it 2-1 to one to the Padres, and that's the team that we need to beat. We need to win games against the Padres, and we need to win games against everybody. I think the Giants don't need to win 60% of their games going out. They need to win 70% of their games going out. They need to get to 90 wins. To get to 90 wins from right now, including the game that they're playing right now, they need to win 31 times. They only have 44 games left to play. That means they need to go 31 and 13, which is a 70% winning percentage. They need to be the best team in baseball from here on out. No team has a winning percentage that high for the entire stretch of this season. Now, the good news is the Giants don't have to do it for the entire stretch of a season. They just have to do it for 44 games. But they have to win 31 times. They're going to have to win 90 games to get in based on how these other teams are playing. Because not they don't just have to pass one. They have to pass two. And so, no, I don't think they're going to make it. I do think that they can make it interesting. And they can make it fun by making it interesting, playing their boring baseball, which is like, you know, boot the ball over the place but barely win because you hit enough of home runs. You know, I mean, maybe John Brebbia, they can just sew a new arm on him. And, uh, you know, Camilo will Camilo. And, uh, and well, so and our I, starting I th- pitching continue to be our starting pitching. Our starting pitching has been really great. So, you know, don't be sitting here telling me that you're like, oh, the sky is falling. You know, the Padres went 7-21 and 21 in their last 28 games last year. All right. But so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying the sky is falling. The sky has already fallen. <laughs> and now they're trying to push it back up so the giants had like a i'm I'm not don't quote me exactly but they had at least like a 60 percent winning percentage for every month of the year last season so they they, need 70 this is what i'm telling you but they could put together a seven you know there's this is not impossible but they won't well it's easy to say that because yeah that i mean the odds are are not in their favor but to your point they can make this interesting and if they make it interesting then you know this is baseball weird things happen Fine. You know, I volunteer Brewers, as tribute, Brewer and and the I Padres. I volunteer as tribute. May the odds ever be in my favor. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. I I I think that you know obviously the next month will be pretty exciting, right? And pretty pretty interesting. And well, and I'm glad they're making it exciting. And yes, the, the this group of old injured men has finally like they're all somewhat healthy. Wait. Oh, Desclafani. I was scared there for a moment. I was worried. Like, was the, is the whole team actually healthy right now? Yeah. And Desclafani's no. out for the rest of the year. But so that's, the answer is... But then we have Jacob Junis, who pitched a hell of a game yesterday. <laughs> who might be better than Desclafani. Exactly. Anyway. So, you know, that's... Uh, <laughs> so, okay. So, do we have anybody significant on the IL right now? No. No. I mean, the only the only problem that we have is Tommy Lestella is still on the active roster. <laughs> But uh, but but other than that, and 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 maybe Brandon Belt, you know, uh, not not playing up to his potential. But uh, yeah, we're we're sitting good right now. I mean, this is as good as it's going to get, right? Hey, listen, listen. Tommy Lastella is hitting two eighty six in the month of August. Yeah, what's his on base percentage? Two eighty six. <laughs> exactly. The man hasn't. The man has hasn't gotten a walk this year. I mean, he is. He hasn't gotten on an error. He hasn't gotten in on a catcher's interference. He hasn't gotten in on anything other than his weak, weak ass. Uh, but but he's a power hitter, Matthew. And let me check his home run stats real quick. Hang on. <laughs> you don't have to count that much. I tell you, it's a wait, low number. Wait, wait, let me let me let me carry the one, do the two. I'm looking at the game logs here. Okay, at the game okay. Logs. All right. I got I got a lot of games to go through. Actually, I don't have that many games to go through because he was hurt a lot. Wow. Mm-hmm. Carry the one. <laughs> I don't know what one you're carrying. Okay, <laughs> 
Well, well, I'm carrying two, Matthew. I'm carrying two. I've got a, what's what's one plus one, Matthew? Is that last is time that I three? checked? It was two. It's two. He's got two home runs. Oh, I remember at the beginning of the season when you kept referring to Tyro Estrada as our starting second baseman. <laughs> I mean, you mean our starting second baseman, Tyro Estrada? That's right. That's right. <laughs> I hats off to you, man, because that was. Uh, yeah. You mean late we, inning hero, we, Tyro Estrada? We have never seen. We've never seen a reason to have Lestella out there, and yet yeah. they keep rolling them out. Remember, remember how you and I were having this "quote unquote" fight over whether it was going to be Maurizio Dubon or Tyro Estrada who was going to be let go from the team first, <laughs> and you tricked me. Yeah, you were wrong. I won that one. I was definitely wrong because I knew. <laughs> yes, I knew I was wrong from the moment that you said I picked Tyro Estrada, and I was like, uh, uh, "All right, well, yeah. okay, so." We yeah we still got a chance and and I think that's what's great I mean we should be happy about that right I mean there are a lot of teams in there that are already looking to next year already looking to the future but maybe we should start looking to the future right I think we should start looking to the future I I don't know that I would say we should be happy with where we are well even okay but but is, it's gonna be, it could be an exciting run here and and right, I think yeah, yeah you want you want interesting baseball in September and I'd rather I think be, we're getting that. yeah. I would rather be one and a half games out. Where I'd rather be in the position the Brewers are currently in. Well, of course. And it, and if you told me we're going to be competitive, I would accept that. I would accept a game and a half out at this point in August. I'd be like, yeah, that is competitive. Five games out is still barely competitive. I love that they're playing well. But yeah, let's talk about that future. Because I I last week I was, I, I mean, I don't know. I've been angry for about nine weeks now. When are you not angry? You're just an angry uh, man. You're just like an angry drunk. I'm not an angry drunk. I'm actually a happy drunk. <laughs> you get happier. Alcohol, and, that's I true. Get you get more than... optimistic as the drinks go down. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good news. I just finished one. All right. Onto your, onto your blueberry one. Yeah, onto the blueberry. It's got floating blueberries in there. Did you see that? That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Did I send you the photos? I didn't. I, I don't. I don't. I don't care. Um, at this point, uh, I know, I know, but still, uh, so you're asking me about a recording here, you know, right. Are we doing this live? (laughs) No, but I don't like to edit. I'm like one take Matthew here, you know, our fans, our fans like this part. Our fans, (laughs) no, they're not our fans. Our fellow giants fans like this part, Matthew. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, so let's play a game. Let's play a game. Okay. Let's do it. Let's play a game. I'm going to name a player and you tell me whether they will be a part of the Giants next year. Hmm. Okay, I like it. All right, so Luis Gonzalez. I'm not throwing you a softball here. This was a... This was a <laughs> no, you started with a hard I one. I did start with a hard one. Uh... Who, recently, who just today got sent down to AAA, I might add. Uh, and if that had happened two months ago, Giants fans would have would have just had a, a fit. Uh, as it was, Mr. Gonzalez was one for his last 34. Yeah. Are you asking me if I... So, so what is the... Is so it I'm just be, saying, is, is, it, is the Luis Gonzalez is, era done? Are we... Uh, or no. is he Is he going to be a no. part of the team next year? I think he's on the roster to begin the season. He goes to spring training. I think I think he probably makes op- the opening day roster. I, I, I think it's likely he will. But even if he doesn't, I think um, I think he'll come back. I think he'll be back this year. Really? I think he'll be back this year. Yeah, I think he just needs... He's a rookie who who maybe... I haven't looked enough at his at-bats to know for sure, but I, I think he's a guy who, who's been sort of figured out, and he's got to go make that first adjustment, just like somebody else that I'm really high on, and maybe you're going to ask me about, but Joey Bart. Right. Yes. Look, look where Joey was. I think Joey, Joey's situation was worse than Gonzalez's situation is right now. Right. Yeah. I think, I, I, I think, I think there were a lot of people that thought we, uh, Sean Estes said this the other day on the, on the postgame show. I thought we were never going to see him again. I said the same thing. I, like, I did too. I, I, I've, I actually, I think I said that on our podcast that there was a possibility that we never see Joey Bart again. Yeah. It was less than a month later and he was back and he's, and he's suddenly this Joey Bart. So I, I think I think that that Luis Gonzalez Jr. Sorry, Jr. Well, he is a junior. He's just not that junior. <laughs> I think he is he is a good enough player 
to make the adjustments that he needs to make. And I don't think the Giants are ready to give up on him unless they can trade him because somebody else really sees value in him. You know, yeah. that, that's the only yeah. reason I would say he was not. Go- I think he's back. Yes. OK. All right. Uh, let's see. How about how about Lamont Wade Jr.? Yes. How about. So what, some of the players that we saw earlier in the year that are, to, quote unquote, the future. What about Bryce Johnson? Guy that came up. Did he even get more than like two at bats? I don't even know. I don't think so. Uh, but and and honestly, I really hadn't heard of the guy until he got brought up. I mean, you know, you were tied into the top prospects. Bryce Johnson was not one of them. Uh, yet he's this. You know, he apparently he's a really good defensive center fielder, uh, and with a can maybe hit just enough. Well, he was tearing it up. I mean, he was one of the better performers offensively in Sacramento. And I, I think the Giants, you know, I, I think, and, and I really wonder about this. Like, granted, I'm not a baseball expert, but I have always wondered my entire life about how people evaluate players. And, you know, Moneyball really opened my eyes to this and made me think that maybe I'm right because they used to evaluate people about how their faces looked. Oh, I know. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what Billy Bean was talking about, right? Billy Bean was like, I was a good-looking kid, so they thought I could hit. Yeah. And I couldn't. <laughs> right? And 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 so, you know, like, I always wonder, like, like that's one of these things, like, you know, and I think the Giants are falling into this trap a little bit, which is like, they're all about the velo. They are. It's not what, it's not about what the ball does. It's about how hard you hit it. And I get that from a, I get that. I understand that. Like, like one should, like hard hit balls seem to correlate to balls that land on the other side of the fence or hit the fence. Yeah. Right. Or or, you know, or they go really far into the gaps or down their lines. And so you can get extra base hits out of them. I get that. But it makes me wonder in this kind of world, are there room for people like Tony Gwynn? Guys that are really good contact guys who can put the ball where they want to, which I believe is more rare than a guy who can just hit the ball hard. But would a guy like Tony Gwynn be valued in today's baseball? as a minor league player, mm. you know, because like, I don't, it, it gets to the point where like, do you guys even look at the results? Do you even care about their batting average and their on base percentage? Or do you only care about exit velocity? And I worry that we're getting to the point where they only care about exit velocity. And I think that hurts guys that are really good contact hitters. Well, that's a good and point. I, I think there's going to be room for those players again. Okay. And I think that's a good point in that you look at the recent drafts, the Giants have targeted certain players. Like their pitching side, they want guys that can throw hard. You know, so we're looking at guys so velocity again, right? And and we're looking at hitters that can 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 work a count, you know, uh, get on base and but also hit the ball hard. And and that's great if that translates into productive major league hitters, but we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, we what, haven't seen that. What, that happen what yet. if they're wrong? <laughs> if they're wrong, we're screwed. If we're wrong, the Giants are going to be bad for the next five years. The Giants are going to be hanging out with the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Yeah, and if we're wrong. Well, and and looking at the if top, wrong, sorry. The, the top uh, prospects uh, for for the Giants. Uh, they they recently uh, Major League Baseball came out with an updated uh, top thirty for every team, and there was some shuffling around for the Giants. Uh, you know, we saw uh, Heliot Ramos, who, uh, <laughs> and yeah. remember that guy. Like, and uh, so that's another one. Do you think he has a future with the Giants? No. Based on what we've seen, you can't say yes, right? I mean. Not only no. was yeah, did he he's... not perform with the Giants, but he has been struggling this year in AAA. Yeah, he, he can't hit in AAA. He can't hit in the yeah. What is that? I don't know what what league that is. The Pacific Coast League, right? Is it the Pacific Coast League? I thought yeah. it was. Yeah. I think it is the Pacific Coast League. Yeah. Yes. And uh, he can't hit there. So if he can't hit there, he's not going to hit at the major leagues. No. And he's a you know, not that the Giants care about this. I care about it. But he's he's not a strong defensive player. Right. So if you don't have any glove and you can't hit, um, I think they'll give him another season there. Right. Or two. Well, of course. Yeah. 
But but no, I don't I don't think I don't think I think Elliot Ramos is one of those guys who isn't going to pan out. But you know what? That happens more often than it doesn't. Fans should not be surprised about that. Right. And and I think we (laughs) fans tend to buy into the the rankings of of uh, of players when rankings are done by by PR staff and like, you know, of Major League Baseball. Like, I I don't know if there's any professional. The teams aren't like submitting their own rankings of their players. Right. It's it's some arbitrary kind of group that decides who the top hundred is. The the people the people that are the best at ranking major league baseball or sorry minor league prospects are employed by major league baseball teams, <laughs> right? Yeah, and then or they're employed by independent leagues. There are publications out there that are highly respected for sure, like um, what baseball I think prospectus maybe. Um, a couple of others that are highly respected. And there are other publications that really try really hard to rank these things. Um, but so that being said, I do think you have to take all of the rankings with a grain of salt. The other thing, though, is about ranking the top 30 from an organization. Every ra- every organization has a top 30, Matthew. Right. Like every yeah. every organization has a top 30 because every organization has 30 players. players. Right. Yes. <laughs> Right. So the question is, where do your players compare to the other organizations? Right. And so, yes, looking at the top 30 for the Giants is is great and it's informative. It tells you how all of those guys are performing and valued relative to each other. But what it doesn't tell you is how those guys compare and rank to all of the other players in the other organizations. And what also came out, I think, yesterday was the new top 100 from MLB. And again, we don't know who these people are. We don't know how. I'm assuming they're smarter about baseball than I am, but I don't know. I read the evaluations and I'm like, it seems like these people know what they're talking about. And here's what concerns me, Matthew. The San Francisco Giants have two players in the top 100. They should have at least three. Because that would be a little bit more on the average, right? Correct. Because 30 times three is 90. That leaves 10 extras. For the Dodgers. Yeah, apparently for all of them are Dodgers. <laughs> the Giants have the same number of top-ranked players in the top 100 as the Padres. The Padres who just gave away all their best prospects for Juan Soto. Now, I will grant you that the Padres guys are ranked 88th and 98th while Harrison and Luciano are, are both in the top 20. But that's it. That's all the Giants have. Ranked in the top 100 is Luciano and Harrison. They don't have anybody else. They should have at least three. The Dodgers have seven. Right. And the I, Dodgers who keep trade the Dodgers who traded for Max Scherzer and and Trey Turner last year. Who traded for Mookie Betts two years ago. Yeah. They are better than us at everything, and I hate it. But you know, but Farhan said it's all gonna be okay because everybody has <laughs> What was this quote? Everybody... Uh, hang on, I gotta read this quote. I gotta read this quote, because if you didn't hear this quote, Giants fans, you, 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 gotta, you gotta hear it. It's 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 mwah, so beautiful. Uh, this is Juan Soto. Oh, sorry, this is Juan Soto. Let's see, I have it on my brain. Yeah. I have it on my brain. <laughs> this is... Um, Farhan. This is Farhan Zaidi talking about what's going on in the minor league system, and he says... About this year. We have some guys having great seasons. We have some guys who have been hurt. We have some guys who have had down years. It's common in every system. Well, that doesn't... If that doesn't, like, inspire you, I I don't know what would. Giants fans, who's fired up by that? (laughs) Are you fired up? I'm fired. Are you fired? I'm fired up. He's I'm like, fired up in the wrong way. It is It is what it is, is what he's saying, right? I mean, it's just, this is what happens. You know what, Farhan, I have to say to that? Bleep you! 
Well, and and let's face it, I mean, his his prospects well, that he's drafted have not rocketed up the rankings. Your prospects suck, Farhan. Like you know, when you're talking to the press, you know who you're talking to. You're talking to me. That's not good. Like I, you know, like you got to remember that. I know you got these lines for the press. But when you're talking to the press, you're actually talking to the fans. And yes, I know it goes through a very biased filter. I know, I know. Andrew and Grant, not so much Alex. Alex is a yes man. Let's face it. Um, but you know, I, they they've all they, they 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 all got their own axes to grind, right? They've been doing this a long time. Yeah. You know, they all want to see that. They all say, "Oh, we're not fans. We're reporters." <laughs> BS. They're fans. Who just hide their alliance? I get it. They're going through a filter. But at the end of the day, when you talk to the press, you're talking to me. And that was a vacuous, insulting, offensive statement about a poor farm system that is underperforming. It's not fine, it's less than fine. Things are bad. And you got to fix it. And I get it. You don't have to say things are bad and we got to fix it. But you could say, we're going to go forward and we're going to do better. Yeah. We're always looking to improve and we'd like to see better results. I think that would be the kind of quote that I, as a fan, would be, okay, he gets it. Because when I read a quote like that, I don't think it tells me that you get it. It tells me that you think it's fine in the same way that you think your mean Mercedes playing second base is fine. Right. And and I think what's what's really uh concerning beyond the fact that we don't have uh more than two players in the top 100 is that there's no immediate like solution. There's not going to be like like I think Kyle Harrison might be the earliest that could come up and help us, but our bull I mean our starting staff is actually a strength right now. And and so arguably not something that we really need. Uh, and he could be maybe spending a little more time in the minors uh, because of that. Uh, but we don't have anyone that's going to come in and play, you know, hold down center field or play, you know, third base or shortstop uh, in the next two years, uh, at least next year. And and I think that's kind of the the point is that we have a lot of young players that maybe will become those top 100 players and and maybe help the team but there's no one out there that's jumping out and and I you know the the new re- rankings that were released uh, were interesting in that you know there were some new names that were in the top five and you know, Ramos has who was in the top five has dropped significantly uh, had a has had a terrible season and you know everyone was calling for him to play more this year and be on the team and he just hasn't been able to do it but then you have guys like uh, this guy named was it McCrary uh, and who's uh, he's nineteen Grant, years old Grant McCrary he's Grant the guy McCrary. that I was, whose name I was trying to remember last year and I was calling him Michael and whatever. And you were like, it's clear that Ben doesn't know anything about anything. Let's move on. That's well, that, it. was that Grant was McCrary. That was pro- the one I was. Trying. He's our third ranked prospect uh, having a great year in single a, you know, as a, I think he's 19 or no, I'm sorry. He's 21. Uh, uh, so maybe you start seeing a rapid uh, increase, but he's batting 292 with 19 home runs. And 35 stolen bases. I mean, the guy has legitimate speed and power. Uh, and so maybe that's a guy that we, you know, look to in a couple of years. I don't know. Like, it's not like he's going to go from A to, you know, to the majors in, in a season. Uh, Joe Panic went from double A to uh, the majors. Yeah. Well, and maybe, maybe that's the point. Maybe those guys need to get uh, in the next, you know, couple of weeks. Get, I think, uh, I think get Duffy did too. I think. I think Matt Duffy did too as well. You know, I, I think I don't know how much time Will Clark and now I know Will Clark is a different story all altogether. Well, he was a that. college player too, and yeah, had... right, yeah. But but I think I, you know, I I don't know. I I don't know how this regime thinks about young players. I know how the Brian Sabian regime thought about young players. They were trade bait, which was yeah, young players were never going to be good, right? The Sabian regime loved veterans. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so much. And young players, you never, you never rushed them. Well, that's why Brian certain- Reynolds is a star for the, for the Pirates, and right. we had half and a well, season of Andrew McCutcheon. Well, and Duvall, right? You know, who's had a great career. Uh, you know, a, a lot of young, young hitters have have you know escaped the Giants organization <laughs> and gone on to have good careers elsewhere. Um, you know the, but yeah, I, I, I would say like, I mean, let's 
why not put the guy up a level? You know, I mean, again, I'm not an expert. You know, maybe I'm just trying to move. I'm just trying to move imaginary chairs on a on the Titanic. But I I think the Giants, you know, it's the Giants should should take some risks with some of these guys that were maybe not so highly ranked. Yeah. That yeah. are performing well. You know what? Let the results speak for themselves. And 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 take some flyers on some of these guys, even if you don't like their velo. Right. Right. Well, okay, so before we wrap this up, what a uh so J- David VR. So the Giants traded in that, you know, JD Davis hit a home run tonight. Uh we has he's he is the third baseman by trade. Longoria probably won't be back next year, although he's got an interesting contract where he's got like a five million dollar buyout on a thirteen million dollar contract or eight. I don't know. It's a it's only like an eight million dollar difference between his uh his 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 buyout and his contract. And so there is an argument that Longoria could be back next year because when he's healthy, he's actually played okay. When he's healthy, yes, is, is he is his is his health worth thirteen million dollars? Yeah, I I don't or think so. Million. I don't think so. But I think that you know these are the things that surprise us with this with this group with this management group, right? They, you know, they could bring back because they're already paying them. They could bring back Longoria, which I hope they don't. Uh, because, sure, and they seem to they seem to love to save money, even though they don't have to. <laughs> and you've got VR and and Davis uh, coming back uh, as possible replacements, and you uh, and so and. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how we how this all shakes out over the next year. But it's it's I don't see there being any like heir apparents in any position right now. And that's concerning. It is concerning. I, I do think I do think that having an opening at third base does kind of put you into the uh, um, category of maybe going after somebody like Correa and Swanson and I'm forgetting the third guy who is oh Trey Turner yeah I just don't I just ah, ah, ah. once a Dodger always a Dodger (laughs) even if it's been a short time but but I mean how sweet would it be to see some Trey Turner slides in a Giants uniform could you imagine that little creamsicle helmet just sliding like 90 (laughs) feet from first base to second base um my my point my point is like those guys could play third base right yeah. if you know for a year if you, yeah. for a year and uh, and so it does bring up that sort of a um, you know I don't I don't know about VR like I don't know that we've seen enough from him he's he's done he's done enough at AAA to prove that he's he's better than that league is does that mean he's a major league starter I don't know but maybe he's a major league bench player. Right. Yeah. And and so I, you know, I, I, I just don't see the Giants sticking with Longoria unless Longoria comes back and says, yes, I'm all in for this last year. Let's do it. If Longoria is just trying to like bait the Dodgers into giving him five million dollars. I don't know. Then maybe I just give him the five million dollars. You know, yeah. I mean, he has hinted at the fact that I, I mean, more than hinted, he said he's seriously considering retiring. Yeah. And that might maybe the decision is made by him and not by the, the, yeah. the Giants. And maybe the uh, and I think the, I think he will retire. And I think at that point the Giants save all the money. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. All right. Well, we're we're we've been blabbing for a while now. Uh, we got to look ahead. So we got right now in the seventh. The Giants are up two to one. Uh, they you, keep JD squandering Davis. players on base and, you know, having, you know, uh, unproductive at-bats while players are in scoring position. You mean they haven't hit the home run? Yeah, no. So two solo home runs, mm. but when a guys are on base, uh, yeah, things just don't happen. So, uh, but, you know, we're winning, so maybe we hold on for that one. We got one more against Arizona on Thursday. Three at Colorado, which... Okay, we've done okay there, but that's never an easy place to to, to play. And then two, two at Detroit, uh, and we know what happened two. the last time we played the Detroit Tigers at home. Uh, what well, did not end well for us. So uh, yeah, again, this week is an important week. Every week, I think, on out is an important week. And well, I mean, I think every game is a must-win game, right? Like as I said, they have they have to win seventy percent of their games to make the playoffs. Also, if you were a playoff team, you have to beat teams like the Colorado Rockies and the Detroit Tigers yeah. in any stadium. 
And I I think this is a four and one. They got to go four and one against those two. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, we will find out if that's the case. Uh, in the meantime, Bob, tell them where they can find us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's right, folks. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Giant Cocktails. Come on over and give us a follow. You'll find our cocktail recipes uh, and uh, interact with us and have fun with us. So, you know, During the games, try and tweet a little bit. Uh, it, it's always fun to watch uh, walk-off home runs together on Twitter. So come and, come and join us. Uh, until then, uh, oh, next week, do you have a cocktail? Do I have a cocktail? Not to put do you on I, the spot, but... Uh, do I have a cocktail? Do I have a cocktail? That, yes, and I'm, I'm feeling like you don't. But uh, I'm gonna. I, I would like to. I would actually like to do to uh, do a dark and stormy. But I feel like I did that last year. But you know what? If I did it last year, you know what? What episode is this? This is episode sixty four for us. Yeah, folks, we've done one hundred and twenty eight cocktails. If we're gonna do some repeats, we're gonna do some repeats. You know what? So I'm gonna do a dark and stormy next next week. I'm gonna talk about the rum that I'm gonna use because I'm gonna I'm gonna play throughout the week with different kinds of rum on my dark and stormy. All right. I, I for one hand, I'm gonna do. Uh, so I I bought some creme de violette, and and it, with the with you know there's a classic cocktail called the aviation that uh, that you make with that yeah, one yeah which we've never done are you gonna do it I, I think so I think I'm gonna do yes. that and uh, but there are lots of other variations of that that I've also been intrigued with but I think I'm gonna go with the classic. And, uh, and then maybe we can riff off the classic in later episodes. But uh, yeah, you get a Indeed. whole bottle of creme de violette. You got to use it, right? You got to start. Yeah, you know, I'm, ec- I'm excited about the aviation. I've never had one. I've never made one, but it's been one that's been on my to-do list. So yeah. All right. I'm going to live vicariously through you, the aviation. Yeah. And and, and and the nice thing is it's a nice little lavender color. It's pretty. It's a pretty drink. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, come back and we'll, uh, we'll teach you how to make that one. So until then, Ben, it's been good chatting with you and uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Bottoms up.